Hey, yo, Combat. Yo, what's up, Do Pete? you know how long and how many people have been asking for Combat Jack Show merchandise? Ah, fun goal. Forget about it. But Damn, I will so say many this. people over the years are hitting me on Twitter about merchandise. T-shirts, this, etc. T-shirt, the baseball day. cap. Combat, the day is here. What? Yes, we are launching. You did that thing? Yeah. You did that? Yeah. You spoke to your friend? Yeah, I spoke to him. You spoke to a friend? That's correct. And you know what he told me? What they tell the you? The Combat Jack Show logo tee will be available today. What are the colorways, man? There's going to be black. There's going to be royal blue, uh, charcoal, brown. Uh, red? Yeah, red. Yeah. You got red? Yeah. Yeah. But Combat here, Jack Show That's shirts? correct. But here, here's the thing, Internet. Here's the information. We need you to head over to teespring.com. T-E-E? Yeah, T-E-E, Spring. Dot I can't believe this shit is happening. Forward slash Combat Jack Show. Yeah. Again, that's Teespring. Pete, you did this all on your own. Oh, man, with the team, the Combat Jack no, Show No, but team. you did this all on your own. Yeah, but listen, the time is Internet. here for merch. Funga. What, what's the word again? Fangul. Fangul. Listen, forget this about- This Fangul went out here and set this shit up on his own. Um, what are they retailing for? Twenty five dollars. That's a that's 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 yeah. We should be beating them over the but head. But here's the thing: it's these a, motherfuckers will pay thirty five dollars. No, 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 no. Here's the thing: we need forget about. We it. need the support of everyone because we need to sell a hundred tees for them to print it. Wait, this is not. This is like some some t shirt Kickstarter kind Damn. of pyramid thing. Well, not really, but someone some Jamaicans. No, no Jamaicans. So listen, combat. Today is the day. The Combat Jack Show logo tees will be launched over at teespring.com forward slash Combat yeah. Jack Show. Yeah. Internets, go out and support that shit. Go out and cop yourself a tee. Yo, Pete, you're the best, man. Forget about it. Get ready for Your internet, you are tuned into the Combat Jack Show, the Combat Jack Show.com. What's Chill. up, Premier? What's going Pete? on, Combat? Man, we running, man. <laughs> running. We running right 100 now. Miles and running. <laughs> running, man, needs the chest right now. Yeah. You got black people mad. Yep. You got white people mad. Yes, sir. But that Ebola hit town, <laughs> B. Ooh, shit. That Ebola about to straighten everybody the fuck out. That's right. Maybe that's what we need, man. Oh, my God. That Ebola. Yeah. Chill everybody the fuck <laughs> out. Now, I'm so amped because we got a king in the building. That's right. And then, we got a king in the building right go. now. Guy from the underground. King remembered in time. Uh, we got Big Crit in the building. Man, what's Yo, up, welcome man? back to the Combat Jack Show, Crit. What's going on, man? Yo, man, you fucked me up right now, I'm B. Sorry. I was in a mellow mood. I wasn't feeling I'm all sorry, right today. Man. I thought I might have got a little bit of that Ebola, Ebola in me. So we all in this bitch together. No and doubt. then you just played some cuts. Thank you. From yeah. Catalactica. Yeah, mm. man. And you going to have motherfuckers mad at you, it's, B. Let's say that's, that's, a, that's life. But, I mean, for me, it's about putting out that quality music and music that stand for something and me believing in myself and that's what it's all about now i heard you on these interviews talking about the concept yeah catalactica yeah. from spaceships Nick. Yeah. i know you don't smoke no more man but what the fuck are you talking about hey, i mean but it's it's the storyline it all makes sense it all literally starts with what crit was here which is can like from my perspective is like i either i'm crash landing or even the introductions like crit was here. i came from somewhere and it's just telling that whole story from there. Return of forever, forever and a day. Live from the underground, King Remember in Time. It all has this this mysteriousness to it about the content where I draw it from. So I was like, I want to create the planet that the Cadillac came from that crash landed in Live from the Underground. 
which is my conscious mind, man. And um, I just named it Calactica, where all the creative thoughts I have come from. And it, it allowed me to create a planet that um, it, it really was whatever I wanted it to be. And everything's a little obscure. And I can say what I want. I can be what I want on this planet. Yeah. You sure you don't smoke, man? Nah, man. But I, you know, I started. <laughs> I started back just a little bit. But okay, it's still okay. Primarily drinking. Okay. But when I when I was working on this project, man, it was a it was I was bare minimum with the, with even with drinking. So. Now, are you a fan of science fiction or? Oh uh, uh, man, I, I'm a fan of just like movies, music, right. things of that nature. Science fiction would definitely be at the top. Battlestar Galactica. Did you watch that? Yes, I did back in the day. Okay, yeah, you didn't did. you didn't watch the recent one? No, I didn't watch the okay. recent one. I mean, but you, yeah. You gotta get up on that. I gotta get up on it. It's a couple of years old right now, but that yeah. shit is, is official tissue. I <laughs> I would say that like I'm I'm definitely into movies that leave you wondering what right. else happened. I think even with this album, I might leave people wondering where is he gonna go next with right. this. Um and so that's what it's really all about. Man. Now you look different, man. You you know Oh I, shit. Uh, you you got some extra swag with you right that's now. That's what happened? You got some extra I got swag. A, I, I got a beard. That's got, what I got. You got, I got a beard. A beard. That, that, I'm you, no, no, but it's still your aura. Oh, okay. Um, it, uh, not only is the beard, but just you know, time, man. It's been a while since I've seen you. Got a couple extra chains. Yeah. Oh, one more jewelry. Uh, one more jewelry. Ah, uh, but I tell you, I'm I'm all about growth, though. Absolutely. Right. You didn't see me like this it, album doing what I do, and then slowly but surely. The oh, last yeah. time we saw you was the day before your album dropped. Yeah. Live from the underground. underground. Yes. What's different between now and, 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 and then? I mean, well, first, uh, not only is the rollout plans together, but me creatively, I think this album was from a space where I wasn't, I wasn't so concerned about business. And I was just like, I'm going to be creative. You know, I'm going to do what I do. Um, you know, and also just the, the team and everybody and moving and Def Jam seeing the vision and working with uh, Dutch, Shaka Zulu, and Jeff now. So it's 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 things in, in motion and i'm excited for people to see the growth and i'm just old as a person like i, I know exactly what i want to do now right and i'm going for it man now isn't it a little bit backwards though because on your freshman album yeah is usually when artists mm. don't think about the business oh shit and then they put the record <laughs> out and then the second album comes and they get more bogged down in the business mm -hmm. how did it switch man i mean because i was so used to dropping projects without any rules right it's like we drop a mixtape, man. I'm just nobody's they're not expecting the mixtape. I'm gonna do one, two months, work on it as hard as I can. We're just gonna drop it. And we're gonna shoot the videos we want. But when you're talking about labels and dealing with business, there has to be a rollout plan. It's weekly things happen. It's content. Then on it's the, corporate. And then, I mean, you know, but then on the flip side, you're dealing with sample clearance. Right. I can't just utilize something that I normally would. And um I think with this album I realized that early. So when I started working on it, I was determined to not use samples, to create from a space where whatever I'm humming, voice noted. When I work with musicians, just give them the raw idea and then we build on it. Because I know that the stuff that I'm normally coming up with is always inspired by old school music anyway. Right. And so that's how I started. I only end up using three samples on the entire album. And you know that's heard, phenomenal man. for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. So the last time around, they was just hitting you with like, "We can't do this, we can't do that." Oh yeah, it was a lot of songs that you know, "Praying Man" had a sample in it, it had to be taken away. "If I Fall" had a sample in it. The theme song um, for "Life on the Ground" had a sample in it. It was probably probably 65 percent of the records had samples in it in the beginning, and mm. at the end of it, I'm left with I have to take those away, right? Because either we didn't have time to clear them, or it was so much you had to go through. And so I was your energy. 
yeah, I wasn't used to dealing with that, you know, and, and it was an eye-opener because it taught me a valuable lesson and, and just when I decided to work on my album, how I decided to work on it, and having enough time to figure these sample things out if I decide to. And I would, I could also imagine that you went through some growing pains because you just mentioned oh, that yeah. you was independent. Yeah. Now you got these strange people, yeah, telling you what to do. I mean, yeah, it's 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 a it's an adjustment, right? You know what I'm saying? But and not only that, but you have people paying attention now, and that's something you are usually when you coming from a place where you're just hungry and you want people to hear your music. It's a real I don't give a fuck mind frame. Right. But when you get to a point where people are like, oh, we heard that, we can't wait to hear what's next. Depending on, that's a lot of pressure. And I'm one of those people that I'm always trying to literally do better than my last project. But I, it's like I couldn't escape Crit Was Here. Right. And then I couldn't escape Return of Forever. And then I dropped Forever in a Day a month before my album came out. And it was just so much content to drop an album. Right, 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 and right. right. One of these projects was free, like I right, and it had all the samples I wanted to sample. Other project, no, like right. it didn't have all the samples I wanted to sample. It it the single came out 2011, which was uh, Money on the Floor, but it didn't drop till June 2012. Right. That's a large gap for people to wait on an album. Now, you also very fortunate, man, because most new artists after their first album, yeah, if it's not a smash. Especially in this day and age, man, yeah. we got we got ADD. Mm. We on to the next. Yeah. Why do you think it is that people kind of want to hear what you what you got to say the second go around? I mean, I, for me, it was all. Of, I I don't feel like I'm trying. I'm not trying to be a superhero in hip hop. I'm just really being myself, and I draw like not from music. that last record I heard. Though. Oh man, but that's still, that last record <laughs> I heard. <laughs> but that's still me. <laughs> that's still me being passionate about my craft. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like. The music, I, I I do my best to really help people understand, like, I'm relatable, and I go through what you go through. Even with following your dreams or being nervous or not, I'm not being understood sometimes. I deal with all of this, and I put it in my music. And I think people still know that, it, for me, it's always been about quality over quantity. So it takes me a little longer to put the music out, that I always stand on what I believe in my music, no matter how music changes. Like, I'm still literally drawing from myself and what I put out because I feel like the story hasn't been told all the way yet. Right. It's not over, you know? You miss being independent? I will say that there's certain things that come with being independent that creatively you can just maneuver how you want to. But there's a part of me that had to realize that I have to and I want to put my music in a space where more people can hear it. Right. Because I feel like I have to say something. And there's a message always underlining in these songs. Even a record like I got this here, fuck these hoes and fuck these hoes, I still have to look at it like God got me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, And it's always been like that for me because I never take it for granted. I just know now and I'm figuring out like I want more people to hear what I got to say. You want to be on a bigger platform. Yeah, I mean because I, 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 know, I, I know now more than ever that I have something to say. Yeah, but definitely as far as my music being genuine, you know what I'm saying, and, and me believing in the fact that I'm coming from a place where I'm actually rapping about my real life experiences. I know that people can take that and that they understand that I'm, when I put a song like The Vent on there, not only am I putting it on there for them, but I'm also doing it for myself. And that music is ultim ultimately a therapy for me as well, and that we all going through something. Right. And you see it at the shows too, you know what I'm saying? Why are you being so genuine? Because we live in an age right now where... It's so hard for me to understand what's genuine right yeah. now. I've been listening to a lot of, particularly a lot of stuff in the South right now. Yeah. And and, and, and we talked about it off air. Okay. You know, I just listened to, to Rich Gang yesterday. Okay. And, and it, it, you know, I'm surprised that it caught my attention throughout the entire mm. 
Mm-hmm. It sounded good, but yeah. I was like, I can't tell what's genuine. Okay, it, it just sounds so crazy. I mean, what well, this is—I mean, for me and what I paint on my picture, because hip hop is an art form, and when you say art, art can be whatever you want it to be. Yes. And so for me, I, it's also drawn from just growing up, and the whole—if you ain't got nothing good to say, don't say it. My grandmother played a big part in my life, and mm-hmm. a lot of the morals she taught me, I. I, I can't run away from them regardless of the fact. And if I did, I got family around me. They'd be like, I know you. That ain't you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so I just have to still hold on to that because as much as I love music, as much as I love putting it out there and performing, I can't lose my soul in all of it. And I won't. You know what I'm saying? Because that's where you get to chasing other people's dreams and you get to chasing other people's expectations of you. And I've dealt with that even with Live From Underground and knowing it was a success just because I got to put out a major label album. Mm -hmm. That's all I ever wanted to do. But I was so caught up in, well, the number's good enough. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that that pressure is hard, baby. And and it takes away from, it it puts you in a space that you're really not supposed to be when you're just supposed to be creating. You're second-guessing yourself. Yeah, and that's a dangerous place. It's a bad place. And what you start doing is every song you do, you look at somebody and be like, what you think? And that is just trickles down because you get to the point where you start asking people that, and they give you an opinion, and it's they really don't even know what they they don't know what it takes to even do that. Right. But you just get to asking everybody. Right. But as far as like other people's music, as far as the music that comes out nowadays, I can't really speak on whether it's for me or it's not for me. I'm a producer, so normally I can see or find something that I genuinely like about a song, even if everybody else is like I don't like that. It could be the kick drum, the snare, the hi hat, the live instrumentation, the flow of it. I normally can find something like, "Oh shit, that was clever, that was creative, that was talented," and I'm starting to become more and more like that when it comes to music now because I have to grow as a producer because all I want to do is put my sprinkles on it just to give it that soul in case everybody's like, "Yo, where's where we going?" Like I'm, I want to work just to take that artist that you be like, "Man, I don't really fuck with that artist. Let me get in the studio with him. Mm. I might give him something." You be like, "But that shit though." Yeah. You know, and so yeah. I think that's what music is supposed to be. It's not always supposed to be the same. It's not always going to be something you like. But at least when, like, we respect each other enough that when we do work together, it's, it creates something that my fan base will like it. And their fan their base. Their fan base will yeah. like it. And then everybody will come like, oh, shit, this shit is jamming. I never expected it. So we about to have a, a Crit Rich Gang collab or something like I that? I mean, but, you know, I, I like, I definitely rock with the homie Rich yeah. Homie Quan. You know what I'm saying? And so... You never know what may happen musically because, again, I produce. I don't, even if I'm not rapping on a song, I just love making music. And when it comes to some of the soulful records I got, I want to hear all my partners on one of them records. Where it's stripped down. It's not about what you got. It's not about materialistic things. It's just about what you're going through right then. And that's I'm geared up to do a record for everybody on the album as far as I'm concerned like that. That's dope. Now, it's, it's interesting, man, because from the outside looking in, it would seem as if coming to a major label like Def Jam, yeah. they'd be the one putting the pressure on you yeah. to do this yeah. and do that. But you just said that you put the pressure on yourself. Yeah, I mean, it comes from all different directions. Right. But at the end of the day, I'm like the dude that's like, is it good enough? Right. You know what I'm saying? Because I know I'm competing with myself. And Crit in 2010 had a different kind of hunger. It was a different kind of sadness in the music. It was a different... I spent so much time in a room making beats that... I, that that samurai sword I had was sharper than what it is now because right. now you tour, now you want a vacation, now you try to go see the world because you need more you need more content, you, you need, need more, more things to talk about. But I was in a room, 
And so mm-hmm. I had nothing but time to be like, I want this to sound like this. I'm going to have this sound like that. I'm going to do a song like this. That's why Crib was here is all over the place. It's so many different sounds and East Coast, West Coast feel, boom, 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 because I was in one place focused and determined to make it to where somebody going to like one of these songs. You made a good point, man, because your music, one of the things that did attract me to your music initially was that sadness that yeah. you could detect in your music. I think yeah. I mentioned to you last yeah. time that you was really carrying the torch from like the blues to hip hop. Yeah. Mm. But your music don't sound sad right now, man. It's man, I, I sounding mean, aggressive. Ah, yeah. It's, I mean, but that's, that comes from the confidence that I've over time and doing these shows and just the, the, the supporters believe so much that that keeps you going. Right. And at the end of the day, they want to make sure and see that you believe just as much as they believe in right. you. And so I think now more than ever, musically, creatively, I know that I can keep doing this and I ain't going nowhere. Right. I'm over 200 songs in, brother, mm. and I still can write new content. Mm. So I'm good. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like that now. You know what I love to, to hear about this is, Crit, to me, you've always been pure and genuine. And I remember in our episode we did about two years ago, yeah. you were talking about back in 2009 yeah. when you were ready to just to call quits. Roman Nudie Box, uh, yeah. You know, Johnny Snipes gave you a ring and stuff like that. How much do you look back at that moment now and what ha- what did you take from that that has helped you now? Man. Because, I mean, you're talking with so much confidence. I remember you talking about that time it was like a downfall. Man, it, yeah, it's life-changing. That was a life-changing experience because it you you fail in life. You know what I'm saying? You, you go do something, you want to do something, you fail, you fail. But you never want to ever just fail and give up because once you give up, you're always going to be looking at it like, damn. What would have happened? Right. You know what I'm saying? I was at that point where it's like, this is over. Like, I got to take care of myself. And I was able to have an opportunity where it was just one little failure, but it wasn't over. Cribbles Hill was the beginning of it, and we just been going ever since. And it's a blessing that I had that opportunity. I at least had the, the know-how to be able to just, every time something go wrong, just keep going. And then when you get a call like that, you... You take advantage of the situation. You don't wait. You don't second guess because shit's so fucked up. You ain't got no choice because ain't nobody else calling. And so when he <laughs> called, he was like, yo, I do it for free. What? You ain't trying to sign me six months for free. And I'm going to work with people that I've already been peeping over the Internet. And they're going to come to where I'm from. I'm not going to go there. We're going to go shoot that shit in Mississippi. Mm. And they're going to fly out there. And they're going to drive. And they was riding with me. They met my family. And we was in the hood. And I was like, oh, shit. You know, and this they got is really this, happening. This is really happening. Right. But, in that, but they're seeing what I went through. And I think that just made it all work so, like, work so much better than what it ever could have. Because when it came time to record the new content, they knew what I was going to rap about. And they respected it. It wasn't like, a, yo, we need a radio song. It was like, no, country shit, let's go with it. Because we seen it. Right. We know what you're talking about. You in a city for real, though, you know? Yeah, man. So this record, uh, Mount Olympus. Yeah. Um, like I said, man, it's real aggressive. And you saying some shit in there like, thought they wanted trap, thought they wanted bass, thought they wanted molly, thought they wanted drink. Fuck them. Like, what What are you saying, man? I mean, it was, it was one of those things where after the control verse happened, it was a lot of people that my, some of them may have not even Ken, Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, right? Kendrick. Yeah. yeah, after that happened, a lot of people that had not been up on my music, they probably went and googled or checked out, and they might have saw a single or two, and then probably judged me based off that. It was a lot of positivity, but it was some negativity on the end. Right. And you, it's funny you say that the music you hear doesn't sound sad, 
But Mount Olympus literally damn near happened right after the control shit happened. Mm. But I was in a space where I still was creating my album, and I didn't want to draw from negativity. Right. I didn't want to be angry now. You know what I'm saying? It's like, nah, man, I'm good. I'm creating soul for shit. I really don't want to be angry. But Wait, were you feeling like that anger was calling you? It, it took me back. It took me back to like Return of Forever Crib was right. It took me back to oh now I, I'm I'm back to this battle rapping shit. You know what I'm saying? Because especially in the South, when you say somebody's name on record, then it's like, oh, let's go. Right. It's like, but I understand the hip-hop culture, too, where it's completely competitive. Right. And it may not be like, let's take it to the street shit. Let's not take it there. It's like acknowledging the fact that you're good at what you do, and in the event we're in the studio, I'm not going to take you lightly. Right. And I respected that. It's just, it got spun, spun around so much. And I'm seeing these pictures and shit. And it's all this. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? What pictures of what? It was just a lot going on with the, the fucking pictures and putting people's heads on shit. <laughs> it's like, I was like, God damn. Where you know? were you when you first heard that record? I was when in California. Heard? I was in, I was in L.A. I had uh, On his turf. Yeah, I mean, well, I feel like on God's turf. Oh, okay. But uh, I, like I was that, out in L.A., you know right. what I'm saying? And uh, we, I was I was working with Terrence Marlin. We was creating some records. And then that came out. I was actually, I forgot who I was trying to get in with. But it came out. Wally Sparks had called me. It was like, Wally. I was like, man, you heard this record? And I was like, no, I ain't heard no record. What's up? And I was riding around with Dutch. And Dutch was like, I was like, Dutch, man, let's go find this record real quick. And he played it. And then like 10 minutes after that, I tweeted, it's Gladiator shit. Yeah. They won't, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, what yeah. it is. And but, but I understand, you know what I'm saying? But Mount Olympus for me was bigger than just that. I, and I, I expressed that with, he didn't even diss me for real. That's not, no. It's a compliment. Exactly. And that's what it was. And right. so, but I use that as a platform to express the fact that being from a small city, being from Mississippi, being humble, knowing what I'm doing and trying to do for music and how hard I go sometimes, it's just ultimately being overlooked right. and becoming frustrated with that. And I put all that in the record on top of wanting people to recognize some of these underground Southern artists that people do take from their music that never get paid homage. Right. The idea that just because you can put similes together and you carry a cadence to me doesn't make you lyrical. Because if you know anything about words and syllables, you can make words fit that normally do not fit. But are you saying something? Are you saying Because ain't nothing new under the sun. So if you are saying it, are you saying it differently? I've never... I. At least, at least appease my brain with that. Like, do something. I, I like, whoa, shit! I ain't never had heard it said like that. <laughs> and on top of that, it's like being from Mississippi. I encourage a lot of these artists to go down there and perform. They, they literally like it's one of those things where they people don't never go to Alabama, Arkansas, and these people go in the stores and buy albums. Right. And so it was just me challenging that aspect. And then the whole, okay, if y'all wouldn't give Andre three thousand King of Hip Hop, then goddamn, well. Where can I fit in right. in that even even in that space or in this competition of rap, and just expressing all that because it's one of those questions that do pop up, and I feel like I had the plot the platform to say something about it. You know, um, I'm not hearing anger, although anger is good. Yeah. We just heard this one record, man, and, and you. Uh, yeah, but that's again, you, man. You, we don't, you 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 doing a, you doing a, the same thing with control. <laughs> but, I mean, you're not calling out no names, yeah. but you. I you mean, claiming that spot, man. Yeah, but now nah, for me, it's not even trying to disrespect no OGs or right. nothing like that. But on Planet Catalactica, I'm supposed to feel like that, first off. As a man, I'm supposed to feel like that. My name is and stands for King Remembered in Time. But I feel like even now and creatively and where I'm at and where I plan on going and, and how I feel about myself, that time should be now. You know what I'm saying? Catalactica the time is, just is the, now. Is now. Boom. Right. 
Calactica is just the beginning. You know what I'm saying? I can't give you the title of the next album, but I got it already. Right. And we're going to start working okay. on that. Okay. Because it, it, it don't stop here, man, but I just... I know it. I yeah. feel it. I see it. It's good when you I feel it, it, man. Pause. I hear it. Pause. It's <laughs> a good pause, Combat. That was funny, though. That was funny. You know, you know what's even better, too, uh, Combat? What I like is, like, you know when people put out a lot of mixtapes, a lot of artists put out a lot of mixtapes, yeah. and they collaborate with certain people. Yeah. And then when they get to sign to a major label, they don't really mess with those people. Yeah. I don't know why it's like that sometimes, but that happens. Yeah. What I'm seeing with Crit is I'm seeing you still the same people you're messing with the mixtape, but you're even putting on the on, on when you're on a major label. Oh with, yeah, definitely. And still paying homage to the OGs. Definitely, definitely. Always. I mean, because I, I remember I, I I remember how that music made me feel, and you had you got to go to the source at the end of the day when you're trying to at least have some kind of nostalgia, or you're trying to create from the base of it all, and. Obviously, uh, Bun B, in my opinion, as long as he's down, will always be on my album. Always. Underground you know what King. I'm because they inspire me so much that it just doesn't make sense. And I always will have a record that feels like that because I think it's so necessary. Big Son, my big brother, you know what I'm saying? I'm 13 years Yo, old. Yo, Big Son, what up, man? What's up? He will always be on one of my albums. There ain't no way around it. You know what I'm saying? And all the OGs I work from there, like, it's literally me seeking out people that my parents either put me on to or that I discovered and working with them because I remember when I was just a fan. And I want to create music like that when I'm in the studio. I want to be so thrown off when they drop a, like they drop their bars or they sing a hook and we collab. I want to feel like I did when I first heard them singing on whatever record they were singing on. Right. That that encouraged me to write the verses. That makes me want to show out when I show up and we going to get to it. And then that just builds with legacy because now I still get to be like, damn, I got a song with Raphael Sadiq. I got a song with this UGK as a whole. I got a song with Big Boy. Yes. I got song like I'm looking at this shit like God damn I got song David Brown Ludacris Ti all these people I'm like I never would imagine this shit in my life. Is it intimidating, man? Um, I was to be on the records with these people that you were like that yeah. you are, that you grew up being yeah. a fan with, still a fan and now contemporary. You know what it is? It's 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 a mixture. It's intimidation. It's being honored. You're honored to do it, and then you want to show them that you embody what they had as far as the passion and the hunger and that you understood. And once they see that and, you know, a lot of them, they're so cool, man. That's another thing, too. You meet these OG, A-Bond and MJG, so cool and regular that it throw you off. Right. But at the same time, when you work with them, you know that they're going to give you the hardest verse ever. And you got to go in with them. So it's this it's this collective energy. It's it's, it's this it's effortless effortlessly on the low because they gonna root you on. Right, right. They're gonna be like, man, kill that shit. Oh man, that shit crazy. <laughs> OGs OGs will tell you the song jamming. Yeah. They won't feel no way about it. Yeah. If you out rap them, they'll be like, yo, you killed that shit. And that that's something that is definitely needed. Like you gotta you gotta commend the motherfucker when they get out on you straight up. Yeah, yeah. And it takes a lot, but these OGs don't care, man, cause they done done it. They done seen what you're going through, and at the end of it all, they'd be like, you know what you also need to do? You need to make sure you take care of yourself. Mm. You can't, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's been the most intimidating experience? B.B. King. B.B. King. B.B. King, man. I walked in the studio with B.B. King, dog, and he was drinking a Diet Coke and kicking it. (laughs) And I walked in, and Shipes was sitting there. I was like, I didn't even speak to him at first. He was right there. I walked past him and was like, yo. That's B.B. King. Yeah, that's a, and everybody was looking at me. That's the catch your grandmother introduced yeah, you to, like, sonically. Yeah, she had a poster of B.B. King up back when they had the curl. Poster up on the wall. All my life I saw this poster. And I'm in the studio with this man, and he knows the song. 
and he knows I'm from Mississippi, and he's like, I really like this record. Whatever you need me to do to it, I got you. You want me to play Lucille on the song? <laughs> I'm like, what? Like, and so that was probably the most intimidating because for me, it was like, I cannot fuck this up. Right. And at the same, you got to bring this back home. I got to bring this back home. There's so much man. history in terms of your DNA in a home. Oh life. man, and I it's, and it was that was probably the most intimidating because that shit was like, what? What? How do you? How? Do, I was talking about that on tour in the in the bus. It was like, man, I would put BB King on a song, and we all laughed about that. Right. Like that's not possible. Yeah. And here we were there doing brand man. Listen, man, I listen to your style, and I know you talk about the people that influenced you, mm-hmm. but. What's the DNA of your actual style? Because I'm not, I mean, I know you every now and then you throw in like the little pimp C here yeah, and this yeah. and that. But what is the real DNA of your sound, man? Because is, is it fully, officially original or is Oh, no, 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 no. I think it's both. I would like to call it uh, Southern folk, you know what I'm saying? Like real funk, psychedelic-ish. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And it's because... Not only was I inspired by them, but just, you know, again, I, I mentioned Curtis Mayfield and Willie Hutch and, you know, Bobby Womack and mm-hmm. these people. And so for me, sonically, I know that I want to create music that has space, that moves, even if I'm not saying anything on it. And then lyrically, I want to make it where you want to go to where I'm from. And that confidence I got from UGK and them talking about Port Arthur. Port Arthur. You know what I'm saying? A small town. And so that confidence I got from them to be like, come to 300 block, 30th Avenue. Meridian. 8th Street, come to Meridian, Meridian, Mississippi. Yeah. The whole, take it a little farther than that with the lyrical content, being metaphoric or just being socially conscious, I kind of, you know, really took heed from Goody Mob and all them. About, all right, I'm a rap about what's actually going on in my neighborhood, the good and the bad, but in an introspective format. I don't have to be direct with who I'm talking about. I can I can make it a metaphor about flowers, for God's sakes. But you, bottom line, 10 years later, you're going to be like, damn, that made so much sense. Mm. I took that out, like the creativeness from them. And then 8-Ball and MJG, 3-6 Mafia, they had a grit to their music with a vinyl record cracking, cracking yep. and all that stuff. And it's about creating a grit and a sound sonically that represents where I'm from, represents the South in a way that I grew up listening to, but telling my story on it. You got producers on this album. Yes. Besides yourself. The yes. first album was your, yours 100%. Yeah, man. Woo, pro- that was stressful. Produced, it was stressful. Shit. Were, oh. you, were you inflexible the first time around? Like, I'm going to do this shit my whole self? Oh, yeah. Shout out to Shaw Money for bearing with me. Right. <laughs> was, he, was he giving you pushback? Like, no, you shouldn't Nah, Shaw was like, that's what you want, Crit, do it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But I know that he probably would have wanted me to work with other producers. Right. But he's one of those people that if that's what the artists want, that's what we're going to do right. for him. And so I was like, I'm going to produce it all myself. And he's like, go for it, kid. Let's do it. So then. what changed this time? Why'd you, why'd you bring in producers this time? I think because between touring, what I went through doing live from the underground and trying to prepare for tour, write the music, mix the music, produce the music, I was set back. I'm like, if I want to make this album as creative as possible, I need to work with other producers to free up the time for me to write the kind of content that I need to write. And so getting in with a Dahi, I know Dahi understands the music I make. You know what I'm saying? But he's not going to give me what I make for myself. Right. He's going to give me some other shit, which it's that vibe. It's still going to be that Calactica vibe, but it's going to be from Dahi's um, you know, standpoint and take on it. And then I'm going to be able to sit there for two hours and write the song if need be. Not stressed, not tired from hearing a kick drum all day, but just creative 
And I think it it was it made it so much easier for me to build this planet. Jim Johnson, them same way. You know, I, I wasn't working with Jim Johnson. Oh, he's the homie. Jim Johnson is acting fanatic. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Nico too, Rob Marks. Like they have a team. And I went down. Uh, uh, Jim was for me with my music. Played me three beats. He was like, "Crit, write whatever you want. Do what you do." I did that. Then he was like, "All right, Crit, we gonna create something for scratch." You go sit out there, and we gonna call you in here when we done with the beat. You know what right, I'm saying? But right. we gonna we want to hear you on this kind of shit, right? Boom, made the beat. Rico Love came through. And, you know him and Jim Johnson got a relationship where they always you know producing and writing together. And Rico's like, bro, I'm gonna give you a hook on some relatable shit, and you still gonna be able to do you. I'm gonna go in here. I'll be right back. You know what I'm saying? And then coming over, pay attention. As soon as I heard it, I was like. I'm going to do me, but I know how I'm going to do it this time because yeah. I don't feel the same. Yeah. They're going to think I'm going to the strip club, but not really. I mean, yeah, when I when I heard Pay Attention, yeah. it sounded so contemporary, yeah. so unlike what I would expect yeah. from Crip. Yeah. But it's you doing you. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And that's what it was all right. about. That was all about, but at the same time, people be like, man, that sounds like something out here on the radio, but... Shout out to Jim and, you need, and you need Rico. The ra- you need the but, radio hits. But it's crazy, though, because shout out to Jim and Rico for right. being the kind of people that have been on the radio and made those kind of hits so long that you just become familiar right. with how big those songs sound. Right. Rico's been behind some of the biggest hits and, and ever. So, and so is but you, Yeah, and Jim. And so it's like one of those reasons where, like, oh, man, it sounds and feels so familiar because they've always, they always go there. Yeah. You know, but, yeah, it, it, was, it was exciting, man, working with them and working with Terrace Martin. And Raphael Sadiq, man. Was it difficult taking direction from real producers? Nah, not these producers. Right. Because they could tell me what, if I if I didn't execute something or it wasn't what they ex- expected, they could give me at least an idea right. or option to go. Right. I've dealt with people that they ain't have, they know no ideas. You know, but they was like, we are, I don't like that. But I like that part. You should build on that part. And Paul, and that even makes it a little bit better, you know right, what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So, so what did you learn working with these producers, man? Man, sonically, I learned that I, I have to be willing to experiment with instruments. Mm-hmm. With Jim, now they'll flip, they'll make a sample out of a random ooh sound and turn it into a whole song. You know what I'm saying? Dahi drum patterns and how he makes the beat move and vibe is totally different. So I learned to kind of not stick to grid, to kind of just be as creative as possible. And, you know, try not to overproduce. A lot of these producers, they don't overproduce. If they feel it, they put it on there, and after that, it's... Uh, Everything you know. is necessary. Yes. Every beat. Everything. Every melody. Every rap and, is necessary. And when it's done, it's done. Right, right. Leave it be. Yeah. I watched your documentary, man, your mini documentary, Steps. Oh, shit. <laughs> and you said you think it's a good thing that you didn't blow up so fast. Yeah. Why? Because it, it taught me patience. And, it, you know, you, again, you get to chasing other people's dreams. You see somebody else's success... And you you feel like you deserve it right then. And Is that how you that, felt before? I felt like I got to a point where I wanted to be heard so bad that I was like, why isn't it happen, happening for me right now? And why is it happening for them? I mean, yeah. I mean, and what, it, and what that does is you start focusing on somebody else's career more than your own. And that's, that's when you start fucking up. Yeah, exactly. And so what I did was like I took a step back and I went back to listening to my previous projects. I focused on producing for other people and just the music I started listening to. And then I was like, you know what? That doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Not only am I happy that they're being successful, is that my time is going to come eventually. And when it does, it's going to be right on time. You know? I'm glad you said that, man, because, you know, I, I've seen over the years so many capable people. Mm. They have something and they're on their path. Mm. 
particularly in the 90s, like yeah. in New York in the 90s, yeah. I dealt with more than a handful of creative people. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, they all started following Puff. Yeah. And once they started following Puff, that was it for them. Yeah. That was it. They 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 they, they gone. And I'm talking about people that might have even been more talented than Puff. Yeah. But they didn't stick to their script. They stuck with Puff script, yeah, man. I mean, yeah, because, I mean, it, when you see a formula that works, you know what I'm saying, it's like normally you use that formula. And somebody's you know getting and, it. And they're getting it like, getting oh, it. man, like crazy. <laughs> and, I mean, you know, and everybody wants to be successful, you know what I'm saying? So you take pieces here and there, but that might not be your journey. Right. The way another person getting it might, might not be for you. And if you're if you're not mentally prepared to even venture into how hard they're going, you're going to fall flat on your face. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I want to commend you, man. I was watching also your... um interview last year with the breakfast club oh yeah and and our boy you know <laughs> friend to the room uh charlamagne the home yeah and and he was really trying to get under your skin yeah. man and, and and it looked like he was getting under your skin man what what, what was that experience like man because it yeah. looked like you know Char- <laughs> charlamagne does what he do yeah but he was a little disrespectful too yeah and like like talk like how'd you maintain that composure I mean, because man because i I understand that. I think that's a part of it all right. too. Like you know, I almost trying seeing somebody break. Right. But for me, it's like it's again. It's always coming from a place where I'm gonna also stand up for the people I work with because right. I work with them every day, all day, and I know what. And you believe in them. And I believe in them. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and so yeah, it was one of those things. But I also know what kind of representation I'm trying to be like. For Mississippi is concerned and musically, man, there's so much going on. There's so much soul, so much positivity that I really don't feel like acting out over something that really isn't as important as the message in the music nobody's threatening you Nobody, yeah, your life I mean, ain't, ain't yeah it's like it's not it's not it's for me it's about all right so past that go get this project because right. i got this record on there with bb king you know go listen to these artists i work with because they're they're actually talented and they're they're on a path to do something special too and I mean, but you know, it, it was I was still in the point too where Life on the Underground was out, and he had touched on some topics about well, what Def Jam at yeah, and all yeah, this stuff. Yeah. So it was like Def Jam ain't supporting yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but uh, it was it was crazy. But it's like it your was, records a flop. Like <laughs> yeah, it was a lot going on, man. And so it it's hard not to be like, what the fuck? What are you, you talking about, bro? Like so, but for the most part, man, for me, it's still about always remembering. To not take this for granted, yeah, yeah. and that shit. It could have been a point where I could have never spoke to him. I could have still been walking up down the street trying to figure out how I'm eat. So if this is what I got to deal with with Charlemagne, you know, and that, I was like, cool, man, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I'll tell you also too. It's it's funny because it's like Crit has always been like you know just a good dude. You know, like I can't picture you going crazy. Like that would have been, but, <laughs> but 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 you know, and I know you know yeah. you know that you had to go crazy. And you're like. What's a what's a mad crit like? You know what I mean? Oh man, y'all never see that. <laughs> y'all never see that because it's the only people that have the only people that have seen it is my family, because I was also taught everything is my dad was strong like everything is mental. You never want to let people see you in a, in a space where you can't control your emotions. You know what I'm saying? And if you feel like you can't, then you need to go chip chill out and talk to somebody that knows who you are. Yeah. Because we in a space and a platform where again I am. It's not only me representing myself, but I'm representing so many other people. And it's a lot of young people that probably see me and was like, man, I'm so glad that he didn't freak out when he got booed in New York. I'm so glad that he held it together on the Charlemagne thing. I'm glad how he handled the amount of, I mean, the, the, the control. Uh, control versus situation. Yeah. Because you, you got to think all these situations out. 
Because some of this is literally just because somebody is wanting to see what you're going to do. It's a test. It, it might not even be personal. It's You know what? And so, nine out of ten, it's not yeah, personal. Yeah, and so when you go overboard, then it's like, how do you, how do you, how, where do you go from there? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Shit, that like, ain't like, enough. Like, that's, that shit Hell is cool. no, that ain't enough. <laughs> I'm supposed to tell you about my album after I went overboard. Said, I'm not invited in that motherfucker no more. Straight up. Yo, it's crazy, man, that your pops, man, your pops introduced you to, like, classics like N.W.A. and yeah. Ghetto Boys. And you spoke earlier about, you know, the reason why you stay so focused is because you don't want to get called out by people that, yeah. like, your family and your yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have they had to call you out? No, nah, never. never. I think, I think... Uh, my uncle, my uncle, all my uncle did was hit me with was like, yo, I love Live from Underground, but I don't know half the shit you talking about on there. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you mean by some of that shit, but I love it though. You right, know what I'm saying? Right, right. But for me, it was kind of like, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't, any dope boy that I was around knew that I had the capability to rap. Right. And whatever I saw, they were more encouraging for me, like, yo, fuck with this rap shit. You know what I'm saying? And that's what you do. You play baseball. You're good at it, little nigga. Fuck with that baseball shit. You actually smart. Go to school. You know what I'm saying? And so all of them, even now, being the person I am, if I was to ever come out my mouth and say some extra crazy dope number, like I was in the street, I would see these people and they'd be like, you know, you know I know that one. That ain't true, right? You know what I'm saying? So I keep that in mind. And then I got people and family and friends that have lost people based off that game. I'm not here to embellish something that there's people that, that, that the way they look at it is like, man, we losing lives out here. Like, no. So for me, it's like I stick to my roots. I love I love music. I love women. I love drinking and kicking it. I love old school cars. I love player shit. You Can know what paint? I'm saying? Can't paint. Subs and shit. And so that's what, that's what I own. And just real life relatable things that we all go through. Ups and downs. You just with your girl or you... you, you, you... Oh, I'm chilling, man. Yeah. You know, you know, I post. I, you know me, man. I've never been a public domain right. kind of individual with that kind of stuff. But yeah, I posted a little picture. I'm, you know, I'm kicking it right. Little IG, little that, IG. That, that, you nice. know me. You. That's how you know I'm really kicking it right. now to even do some shit like that. <laughs> Yo, you kind of blushing right ah, now, man. Nah, man. <laughs> I'm just, nah, I'm just thinking about like, damn, this is the first time somebody asked me about this shit on radio. Yeah. Hey, man. Hey, man. I knew it was gonna happen, but I'm, I'm happy. That's why you like, yo, Chris, I hear you a lot of confidence. You happy and shit. No, nah, that's man, good, man. Yeah. Is, is it hard though to be to 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 to, to be focused like that? Because because I know the industry. No matter how solid you are, man, yeah. you, you do get tested personally. I mean, but particularly with your relationships with women in the whole nine. Yeah, but music is my therapy, and anytime right. I feel like I might go do something stupid, I'd rather write about it. And, you know, I can get over it by then. By the time that song done, I ain't even think about it no more. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that's my answer. I'm sticking to it. Um, <laughs> so you keeping a lot of publishing this time? Uh yeah, I'm. Yeah, yeah, we still Gucci. Yeah. I believe in that. I still believe in writing my own shit and all that stuff. And, and then even with working with these other producers, you know what I'm saying? It's still like I. it was important that I work with them and I give up some of that. You know what I'm saying? Because business I know, Live the Underground was like, hell yeah. But right. this album I was like, nah, man, I ain't tripping on producing all of it, though. You got to share. Yeah. You, you got you to share you to, 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 man, like, to, to flourish, right? Yeah. And so I wasn't, man, look, it's, it's for the... Long, the project is that's what it's all about. If I would have had to give up some of my publish on some of these records, sample wise, just to make sure they go through, I would have done that. What do you What do you hear from your um, grandmother? Because I know she passed, yeah, but she was real influential, yeah, in everything you did. Yeah. What do you hear from her right now, man? Man, just keep going, keep going, and don't don't forget where you came from. 
don't forget where you came from. And in the event that you put in a position where you have to choose between your integrity or making money, always go with the integrity. Success is what you see it. You know what I'm saying? And you're going to meet a lot. Of, and this is real. Like, she was so scared for me when I went to the music industry. Yeah, she was nervous about the industry. Up, from her perspective, it's all sharks. Right. You know what I'm saying? And she literally told me to my face, she's like, I don't think you built for that. Mm-hmm. I know your heart. I don't think you built for that. And I was so determined that I went for it. But I feel like even now, by following all the, all, all the things she told me, that it actually made me a stronger person. You know what I'm saying? And once she left, it all really sunk in. And I was determined to really show that I can be the person that I am in a music industry that might be full of sharks and still survive. You ever come close to compromising? Nah. Nah, and I can say that honestly. Because right. if I can't perform it on stage comfortably, I'm, I mean comfortably, I'm not doing the song. Right. And that's just that. Every song I make, I can turn up, I can jump up and down, I can rap that shit to you, and I feel like, hell yeah. Anything else, I'm not, no, I'm not doing that. That's dope, man. Yeah, man. Yo, listen, let's go to a quick uh, station break. Internet, you tune into the Combat Jack. But before we go, man, once again, I want to give a shout out to our wonderful, wonderful, wonderful sponsors, man. Bevel, shaving system. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Fish. Yo, listen, Internet, I don't sell you the bullshit. Y'all, you hear Big Crit on here yes. talking about how he doesn't compromise. You've heard us do other ads, but you don't hear me speak so passionately go. about this product. Yo, you ever shave? You, I know, I know oh, you yeah, got, I the got the beard right beard now. I got the beard. You got to check out this. Um, I got, I'm, the, I'm down. The bevel. Listen, Tristan, we got Big Crit on the show. Man. We get him a package. We'll we get you a Please package. do. Pause. Yeah, for real. <laughs> it, 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 Pause yo, listen, man, the lotions are so luxuriant, man. <laughs> yeah. The balm and the shaving cream and the little brush. It's, it's like you're a grown man shaving. Let's go. It's not these bullshit Gillette. You know what okay. I'm saying? Plastic yeah. razors, just like you. Fisher. And you know, Nas invested Word. Oh, in, in, in we Bevel. Rock with it. You know what I'm saying? And and the, the dermatologist that approved like all of these products yeah. is a person of color. Yo, my dude, I shaved my head. I swear and to God. And you're good. Crit, no fucking razor bumps. Because that's the fear. No razor bumps. That's the fear. No razor bumps. But I'll try it. Yeah. I'll try it, Listen, bro. I, I know they're going to hook you up, but for you internets out there, listen, go to GetBevel, G-E-T-B-E-V-E-L.com. Punch in the promo code COMBAT for Combat Jack Show Combat and get you 20% off. Yeah, we're about to go to this break. Hell you tuned yeah. into the Combat Jack Show, F your radio, F your podcast, and F your TV show. Cheers. Internet. Yes. The Combat Jack Show will be live yep. at A3C, October 9th to October 12th. We're doing a bunch of shit down Atlanta, there. Atlanta, Georgia. You need to come and check us. I mean, A-King, what, what do we got going on the first day? Listen, October 9th, 2 p.m., the Combat Jack Show live with Ninth Wonder and special guests. Mm. Cheer. That's going to be that's gonna be nice. What do, they, what do they cop tickets at, man? Man, they can cop the tickets at A3Cfestival.com. Yo, Combat, you know what else is going on? What else? You're going to be talking to Morehouse. Go Fungu. Forget about it. <laughs> also, I'll be on a sneaker panel with a really? couple other people. All right. Also, King, what up? me and you are doing uh, moderating a, a, a panel with Illmind. Blaps. Hashtag pro audio. Blaps. You know what I'm saying? Uh, also about Blap. Me and Combat will be joining in, 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 oh, oh, inter- Interactive interview with Illmind. And then we got Celebrity Blaps Saturday, October 11th. And we got some other shit in our pocket that we can't even talk about because A3C will kick us off the motherfucking bed. Here we go, here we go, Whoa. here we go. Here's the last one I got. And then the block party. And the block party, yeah. You gotta eat this.com. That's correct, but, but check eat this out. a lot of sauce. Make sure and, and follow Combat Jack Show on Twitter. Make sure and follow it on IG, Combat Jack Show, to find out where we'll be, what's going on, and keep up to date. And if you're out of A3C, say hello, stop by one of the events we're doing, 
and fuck with us, Internet. The Combat Jack Show at A3C in Atlanta, live. 10th anniversary, A3C. Fuck with us. You know we got it. Cheer. Internet, you tune into the Combat Jack Show, the CombatJackShow.com. I am your host, Combat Jack. We got Premium Pete in the building. And we got the king in here, man. We yeah, got man. we got King Remembered in Time, yeah, and we got Big man. Crit in the building. Man, this thing chilling. So, Crit, man, what'd your pops think of this album, man? Man, my, my pops is uh, I, he was excited. I think sometimes my pops don't know what to say to me musically. He's heard so much of my music too that he's he he wants to give me advice, but he don't know how to. Or even if it's jamming, I think he don't know what to say to me. So right. normally, he kind of goes this generic thing where it's like. Hell yeah, Jay! I love that shit. You know what I'm saying? And I take—I <laughs> think that, that's dope. Yeah, man. but I take that as if I take that as if it's like he's literally like screaming about the record. Right. But I know that's his energy level. You want more? I mean, you something. But I've gotten—I got in the habit of not wanting him to say more right. because I know his energy level is that. Right. When this football team can't see the score a touchdown, it's like hell yeah, they scored. A that's his energy level. So he was really screaming on the inside. About the album, right. you know what I'm saying? That's it's dope, like, man. What else, is your pop still listening to hip hop? Hell yeah, he listen to me. Yeah, well, who else does he listen to? Uh, of course, he listens. Yeah, to he you. listen to me. I, he definitely listen to Big Son. It's crazy when he he go on my like he literally li- follows the BigCrit.com, right? And he'll tell me about songs that came out that I featured on, and I'm like, how the fuck did you hear that? So any any artists that I happen to work with, you know what I'm saying? He he listens to them, he hears them. Um, but yeah, me, Big Son, he listened to Bun B. He still listened to all UGK. Um, but he got older now, so he on his. He just listens to the older shit. Yeah, older shit on his like grown and sexy random shit, which is kind of <laughs> weird sometimes. You know what I'm saying? But I let him rock with it. You know. You know, I I think it's also amazing, man. Like we had a uh, Stali on the show. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, homie. and you know his New York cred, even though he's from Ohio. Yeah. His New York credit is so official, and and the thing that you guys shared, man, was that slice in time a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. man, when when Damon had the DD one seventy two. I think that's the first time I actually yeah. met you, man, and yeah. and you were in that creative bubble, man. Mm-hmm. Like like talk about that, man. You was working with with with, with currency, currency, uh, ski beats, ski beats, Madonna, creative control. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's one of them things where for people to see you go out of your comfort zone and for me that would be going to Birmingham I went from Birmingham to Atlanta then I came to New York and started working with artists like Smoke Dizzle yeah. and, like, and everybody it's and just, Tribeca it, yeah, yeah literally yeah. what it did was that they, they really all right, we I t- we take you seriously because we see now you willing you willing to just go as far as you can and so DD-172 DD is one of those places where you had all these artists from different places under you know what I'm saying it's Roof and Ski Beast is creating these soulful crazy records and we were all collaborating over these tracks. And I think that was kind of brand new. It wasn't like we were trying to out-rap each other, per se. But it was like, yo, I got an idea. Jump on this record. That's that's literally how it, the whole Skyborne record happened with me and Currency. I was just there, and we was kicking it, and they had heard something. They had heard Crit was here. And uh, Currency was like, yo, bro, do the hook to this record. And do a verse. You and know that was saying? the beginning, right? And that was the beginning. You know what I'm saying? Which is crazy that it was that long ago. You know what? You know? It was long ago, but it doesn't seem that long ago. But when you look back and you look at that class, yeah, like yourself, mm-hmm. 
Currency. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Stylee. Yeah. Wiz Khalifa. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That, that's that's Smoke a, Dizza. That's yeah. Smoke Dizza. Yeah. That's a special class, man. Hell yeah. And, and we... I, it's it's it was great because we left that we was able to tour we did our tours too with each other smokes club tour I went on the wake and bake tour and you know it's 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 obvious that when I first met first time I met Wiz and um and I had already you know known currency first time I really met Wiz face to face was at South by Southwest mm-hmm. which was the day we did Glass House right. which was the beginning of something totally different too. And I was just thinking about all these instances, man, and I'm ex- I was just like, I felt blessed that I was in the right place at the right time to work with the kind of artists that also wanted to work with other people at that time. And I tell a lot of people, Wiz and Currency were the first people that I saw full-blown touring off of mixtapes. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like whoa, we gonna When the change. world didn't even know about what? them, but they was touring. Touring, you right. know what I'm saying? And that pattern was like, oh, shit. And I, it gave me... The working with them and also my fan base wanting to see me perform, it gave us that excitement that, well, shit, we're going to go tour too. And then we all started. Smoke was touring, everybody. And we built this foundation for ourselves that not only we can just work with each other whenever, but we got a solid foundation. Right. And these people support and they know where we've been and what we went through. You speak to Wiz recently, man? Yeah, I, well, I, I actually, I, we, I reached out to Wiz to jump on one of my songs on my album. Okay. And he jumped on it. I haven't spoke to him recently since any of this since stuff. You've been talking to me about Yeah, because he going through a lot of shit right now, yeah, man. It's crazy, man. Yeah, but the, you know what? It's it's one thing where you see, the, you know, personal personal life situation that people go through. Sometimes I look at it like, damn, it's sad that you got to deal with that in a place where everybody Everybody's knows. in your fucking business. And I know, you know, just based off of the music and the homie, I know that he probably would much rather handle that on the personal. Of course. Know? As a matter of fact, he said recently that his relationship was private, and yeah. all of a sudden now that it's, shit is all out there. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? And it, it's, it's got to be difficult to deal with, right. you know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, we do music, but we want to protect our families, and we want to protect the people that aren't a part of music, and you never want them to become a target either. And, um, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where, I'm you know, I'm praying for him and his whole situation. The homie, you know, taking pictures and kicking it, though. He seemed to still be dealing yeah, with it properly. On the, on the trampoline. Life yeah, is good you know, he's dealing with it properly. So, you know, all I could do is tell him to keep his head up. And I hope they are able to work that out as a family aside from his music, you know, his music stuff. Have you spoken to Damon, man, since? No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but I know, you know, the homie Smoke Dills are still rocking with him, yes. and they got big things popping, but yes. I haven't spoke to him. You know, you talk about touring, man, and, and this year has been big for you, man, because you've yeah. toured with a lot of people, man. Yeah. I mean, you were touring with one of the big, the biggest artists from last year. Yeah. Macklemore, Macklemore man. How was man. that, man? That was great, man. The homie Macklemore showed a lot of love. Talib Kweli was out there, too. How'd and, that happen? Um, They reached out. I think I think because uh, just musically and sonically, we don't all make the same kind of music, but I think it worked for the show itself because I, you know, it was 30 minutes and it's 5,000 people there before, the sh- like, the, when the show started, it's 5,000 right. people there. And some of them had probably no idea who I was, right. which was cool, but it didn't matter because that 30 minutes I'm going to perform, like, I'm headlining this thing. You're walking away with this. You know what I'm saying? Right. I think that was another reason, too, because they know that I'm going to put on a hell of a show. I'm going to do my best to win people over. And it gave me an opportunity to obviously gain new new fans. Talib, you know, he going to rock out. Yes. And the ultimate crowd participation. And people going to go home feeling like he killed that shit. And, and hit then, him over yeah. the head with a million words. Yeah. Oh, man. Without really breathing about it. Like, you know? <laughs> and then, you know, Macklemore came out there and killed it, too. And it was one of those, it was an all-around show. And so, you know, I've been on that. I went on tour with J. Cole. I've been on tour with Wiz, me and Currency, and Smoke Dizzle. 
uh, Method Man, Currency, and Smoke Dizzle. Yo, what was that like with Method Man? High. Not me, but just in general. Right. You know what I'm saying? A lot of drinking, a lot of smoke, and a lot of really turned up Wu-Tang fans. Yeah. Yes. Not yeah. a good stream. Oh, man. Wu-Tang Forever. A lot of standing on people's hands. Surf, and like crowd, su- crowd surfing. surfing. I've never seen no shit like that before in my life. <laughs> Do you take risks now with, with the crowd? I've always took No, I'm talking about saying jumping into the crowd. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, do, that. I yeah. do that. I've been doing that since. That's some scary yeah. shit, bro. You know what? It's like that trust shit when you standing <laughs> on a bench and you just hold your arms back and fall back. Yeah. You got to trust that the people want to catch but you. But the energy got to be right. Oh, it got to be all the way Yo. right. <laughs> You see, I've what, seen what, some people. Wait, what, what show was? I think it was um uh, some. No, no. What's what's homeboy? Uh, <laughs> oh, the parrot gangsters paradise. Um, uh, Coolio? Coolio. Coolio. I think I seen a clip where he was performing a couple of years ago, and <laughs> he staved. He he staved dive. I mean, stage dived, and the crowd moved. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, dog. It I mean, it's pot now. I'm telling you something. It can happen to anybody. It can happen to anybody because if people aren't prepared for that shit, right. Then They're like you move yourself, a big black man front. Yeah, man. And, and you're then, a big dude. Man. And it's like you it's a certain way you have to jump off stage right. too though. Like to just so you they you know, it's it's yeah, it's technique. But I first person I saw do it was back in the day, David Banner. Yes. And so Banner if if you know, Banner didn't give a fuck whether you probably could hold him up or not. He's jumping in the He's crowd. He's a big dude, too. And so people hold Banner up because right. they believe, and he believe in him. So me, I was like, man, I got, you know, I want to put on a hell of a show. We throw water, we turn up. So what are you taking back now, man? Like, in terms of everybody that you've been on tour with, man, you've been on on, mm. on tour with Banner mm. and Tyler. What are, you, what are you taking from each of these? Indiv- what are you taking away from from Banner? Oh, man, I mean, well, I, I take from all of these, these people, these OGs and these legends that, one, once you establish um, a certain quality of music, and once you brand yourself properly, and you always yourself, you always gonna have a platform to perform, right. and people always want to go see you, want to want to see you perform these songs, right. and that's the first thing. And then never slacking up on your performance. They take their performances so seriously, and it's all about giving the best performance to these people. And I'm talking about it. Don't matter whether it's 50 people there or 10,000. I saw Banner crowd surf in a building. What we was doing, Red Bull Freestyle Challenge, yeah. and he performed two songs, and it probably was only a cool 30 people that could hold him up, and he still crowd surfed. Mm. Because that is the kind of performer he is. And mm. I also took from that, like, it don't matter, man. Like, I give my all on stage because these people, that's what they're doing off the stage. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What'd you, what'd you pick up from uh, Macklemore? What, what, what did you learn specifically from him? Man. And a star that big. The thing is that I, I becoming so familiar with his music on tour, I got the opportunity to see him perform. And when they their performance is is so cinematic and theatrical too that I think they took it to another level that even though the album was independent and it was the first album that took off, they took so much pride in detail and showcasing not only that, yeah, we doing these hit records, but I'm gonna build a theme for it all. And then he didn't mind the honesty. It was a lot of honesty at his shows. It just, let's stop the music, and I'm going to explain to you why I don't do this anymore. Yeah, I used to smoke and I used to drink, but I don't do this anymore. But still be able to have fun at a show. Because at the end of the day, to put on a show like that and be completely sober, that's something to be proud of, yeah. too, though. Yeah. That's real. You yeah, know yeah. what I'm saying? So You take a shot before you go on the stage? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Put on a show like that and be sober, shit. Yeah. I, got, I commend that because... Yeah, and then, you know, and then after we 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 drink and we kick in and party, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Now I read somewhere that you know what's changed about you and your performances 
is you were so concerned before about killing it. Yeah. And now you're just having fun. Yeah, I mean, it's still, I mean, you're still killing it, but you're having fun. Yeah, it's still both, though. Right. I'm having a little bit more fun now because I know that it's a, I can do a record like country shit and it's been out so long that people get it immediately. In the beginning, it was like, damn, I hope they heard that song. Right. But we saw many mixtapes past that. And now when we go do shows and this tour and headlining it, I know I'm bringing out people that even know the small, minute records that slipped under the cracks from everybody else. You know, and when I sit there and I listen to them and they be like, yo, do this. And I'd be like, do we got that? Right, right. And if we do, we do that shit. Yeah. Because if you call out a record like Time Machine and we this far down the road, I think I need to do that song. Yeah, of course. You know? Of course. Yeah. Um, What's up with this record with, with Yellow Wolf, man? Country Cousins, Country man. Cousins. I mean, it's one of those things where I, it's just, one, it was it's timing, and then two, it's just about, it's about where we both are going as artists, I think, now more than ever. You know what I'm saying? Because creatively the space that yellow might be in now it might be different than where we were when we was talking about it and how and long then, ago that was like about three years man, ago three or yeah, four that years was ago. a while ago right you know what i'm saying and so you, you just grow as as artists and musically you may not want to do that kind of music anymore you might not want to have that kind of content right and so it's one of those things where it could happen or it might not happen you know the name still stands country cousins to be open to really do that kind of project with anybody you know what i'm saying but I mean, it's one of those things where I, I can't say it's going to happen. Right, right, right. But at the, in the, in the, at the same time, if it does happen, that's something to be excited about. Right, right. Who do you want to work with in the future, man? Who do I want to work I want to do, a, obviously, a whole a song with Outkast as yes. a whole. Uh, Esperanza Spalding. Mm. I want to do a record with her. Def Cab for Cutie. Uh, Paramore. I would mm. love to do a record with them. I, and I, they, they're from Mississippi, which right. is dope. Um, yeah, man. Th- those are the people right now that I'm like, yeah, I want to do records with these people. And then, of course, Adele. You know what I'm saying? I do a whole song. Damn, you, you shooting for them. Like, Goody and, I'm, and, I, and I'm not mad. Oh, yeah, you got to shoot for yeah, the stars. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like if I got B.B. King on a record, then we can make it happen. We can make everybody happy. We can make it right. happen. You know what I'm saying? Goody uh, Bob Dylan. You know what I'm saying? Good. These people like that, that I listen to their music, and I, I'm i inspired by them, and I feel like I can do something so different with, with You them. still want to work with Premiere? Hell yes. Yeah. Oh, it's always. Every yeah. time I run into Premiere, we'd be like, you know, yeah, I know. I can't even yeah. imagine. Man, to do a project with Premiere and Ninth Wonder yes. together would be crazy. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that sounds like an ill mixtape right there. You know, next time we talk to Ninth, Ninth probably tell you, quit full of shit. Because <laughs> I was supposed to have been going to North Carolina, and I apologize, Ninth, but he know, like, we're going to put it together. Cause yo, I got yo four, let's make that happen. I got four records with Ninth that nobody's All heard right. yet. Yeah. We we about to interview Ninth down at A three C man. Talk to him, tell him to play you some of them records. Nah, now you know what, and you won't mind if he plays them in public. Yeah, okay. tell him to play the record for you. Definitely, man. Tell him to play Guillotine Flow. Remember that, Pete. I will. Yeah. <laughs> tell when does this album drop, man? Uh, November the eleventh. Kind of like November eleventh. Yeah, play and, it. And tell it. Tell the internet what they can expect from this. Oh, uh, man, soul, grit. I mean, definitely taking advantage of the fact that. I created Life in the Underground and explaining the story from where this Cadillac, Cadillac came from. And just knowing that Cadillac is also just my conscious mind and I had to call it something, which is this planet. And on this planet, things are a little obscure. They're a little different. Sonically, I'm trying to tell you something. And it also has the feel of from the creation of life to the ending and all the things that go on and all the the doubts and all the insecurities, the love, the pain, and that threshold, all that in between, all that goes on Cal Atticus. There's a lot of skits in there? 
Not at the time. Nah, because I was able to tell the story mostly okay. with the music. But the skits that do come on, they they help they help transition into now you, songs. You always been big with sequencing. Yeah. And this is so, so this, this this was yeah, this was this one was tricky to sequence though. Right. Because it was about it was about having the like still being able to put the songs that are introspective in a place where they don't clash with the songs with energy. But it still tells a story. Yeah. And Lord knows, I'm I blessed that without really realizing it, I created the story anyway. Yeah. So without letting the cat out the bag, man, like, like, and, and we touched on it before, man, mm-hmm. what is it about you saying, like, I'm the king man, of the South? Because for me, it's like... The king of the South. How yeah. many, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a big proclamation. I know, man. man I know, but... And I'm not one, mad at you. No, no, no. I, and that, thank I'm you. I'm the king of the South. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, for you me, tell a nigga, you saying that shit with your chest. <laughs> like, nigga. <laughs> nigga. Straight up. I mean, because one, again, my name is King Remember the Time. And I feel more than ever that the time is now for that. For me to for, to obviously be as confident I am and be ready for that. You know, um, and Catalactica is a planet that I created. And again, it's my conscious mind. And if I don't feel like a king, if I, if I don't feel like I'm a king in my own mind, then who's going to think I'm a king, period? Right, right. And on this planet, I'm a king of the South. You know what I'm saying? And just in life, that's how I feel. And musically, I know where I'm going, and I know how far I can take it, and I'm not going to stop, and I'm not going to run out of content, and I'm not going to jeopardize my brand, and I'm going to do everything that I possibly can to continue making quality music. And I feel like all that is saying, yes, I'm a king. Yes, I'm from the South. I'm a representative to the fullest, and that's just what it is. And what happens, man, when cats get mad? They get mad. I don't mean no. Yes, yes, I don't mean no, they get mad. I don't mean no disrespect right, to any right. of the OGs, and that's I'm I'm always gonna stand on that. You know what I'm saying? But I'm supposed to feel this way. And if I, I mean, if not now, when? I'm at mm. this point now in my life. If not now, when yeah, though? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm not finna. I'm uh, literally. I'm not gonna try to feel them down the line. Figure it out like no, like to be, to be in this prime to creatively be in this space over 250 songs in and still can create in a way where I'm not stressing for real now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And if not you, then it'd be somebody else. Yeah, I mean, well, that, well, that's all. But, but if you think about it, you never know. But right. at the same time, I'm willing to say that I'm always willing to hold my weight in it too. And when it comes to music, I tell you, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop creating. The quality of my music, to me, I'll never let it go down because I'm competing with myself so much. Last question, man. Every situation changes people. Yeah. How has this industry changed you? It made me really take into consideration how important silence is, how important quiet is, how important it is to take full advantage of the time I spend with my family, to somehow find and keep my personal life to myself and create peace of mind within that. Because when you get to chasing this dream, it's an everlasting dream and you don't realize it. You know, if you want to be a doctor, you become a doctor. And then you do doctor things. But you're still a doctor at the end of the day. Right. This game is different because you're chasing a legacy and you're chasing something that technically you can't be recognized for until you're almost out or you're gone, period. Mm. And that's the difference. You don't really become a legend legend in this until somebody's saying goodbye to you. Mm. And so with that mind frame, I'm learning how to literally take advantage of the time I have with my family to be happy in that space so I can enjoy life direct, like in the reg, like straight up, like kicking with my partners, laughing about NBA 2K, 
going out with my mom, eating with my nice dad. With 2K? Yeah, 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 I'm nice with that shit. Don't fuck with me. What team? But it don't matter. That's it how you know. It don't matter. Okay. <laughs> it, don't matter. <laughs> it don't matter. You know what I'm saying? But I just like, as one of those people. X- Xbox about. or PlayStation? Xbox. Okay. Straight up. I'm online if you want okay. this. Now I'm, I'm on PlayStation. But what, what's, oh, what's, it don't matter. I play on PlayStation oh, what, too. What's, what's the tag name? What's oh Young Crizzle? Young Crizzle. No, no, this is Crit. T I H. I mean T H I S I Z K R I Z Z L E. Internet. You hear that? If y'all are nice at 2K, yeah. You take or, cha- or, or, taking all challenges, yeah, right? Or, or Call of Duty. We can, okay. you can see me on that okay. too. It okay. don't matter. Let me find out you're a gamer, man. I am. Yeah. I never. I, I, I am. <laughs> Shit. Free time on that bus. You, yeah. Yes, yes, Crit. I'm nice. Yes, Crit. Listen, yeah. Crit, man. Thank you. Thank you for bro. stopping through, man. Catalactica drops on November 11th. We, it's going from, down. From what I heard, it's great. Yeah. You, you you're gonna wake up a lot of people. It's Your good. fans are gonna be really happy. I hope you're some, ready. Some people might get their feelings hurt, but you know, as part of the game. Yeah. Anything else you want to leave the audience with, man? Man, it's going down. Go to bigcrit.com. Peep all the tour dates. When the city near you, go to uh, hit me up on Twitter, bigkrit. Uh. Instagram is Young Crizzle, Y-O-U-N-G-K-R-I-Z-Z-L-E. Everybody out there, stay blessed, man. And you about to start a new tour. Yeah, pay attention to it. Me and 2-9, man, we actually start Thursday. North Carolina, first date. Okay, and it's and it's it's it's, it's basically you and, and your label. Yeah, I mean, what well, no, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's still, yeah, it's basically us, though. We out here. Okay. Yeah, pay attention to it. Pay attention to it. Yo, thank you so much, sir. Thank Internet's you. Internet's there. You have it. Oh, yeah, we are, man. You know, it's Big always Big Crit in love. the building, Pete. Listen, another gem with Crit, man. Yep. Always, man. I, I, I will say this before you go. I must, we must speak to the internet real quick before you go. Uh-uh. And what I mean by that is this, is I always find you a genuine dude, man. Appreciate like it, a dude bro. that respects the OGs, respects the cloth that this, that this culture has been created from. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I remember back uh, in our last episode we did with you, you were speaking to a lot of the young dudes and, you know, talking about Mississippi was mm. coming up. A lot of artists were mm. coming out and how you inspired mm. them. Well, I would like for you to lead the internet, like these young rappers, these people okay. coming up, going through those struggles and stuff like that. Yeah. Any advice you have from from where you are now? Yeah, I mean, well, take advantage of the social networking aspect. Um, the, that domain has be, been created and has evolved to the point where you don't need a lot, a large amount of marketing dollars to put yourself out. Millions of people can hear your music. You have to be willing to find your fan base and stick with them and grow, and they'll support you and promote you. You know, and don't expect anybody to put you on. I think a lot of people get that twisted. And even if they're from your city, don't expect anybody to put you on. Don't come you know up with that saying? entitlement, man. Like, it doesn't work that way because people respect you when they see you grind it out to the max. And then when you get there, you'll appreciate it more and you'll stand on your own. I mean, ultimately, having vouchers is, is all good and dandy because a lot of these people... Or uh, once they once you finally do make it there, they're gonna they're, they're gonna be real. Like, I've been hearing about you. I just been waiting on you to prove to me that you really wanted this, and that's so important for your just your personality. Because when you get in front of these, like you get in front of real people like y'all, you know what I'm saying? And they ask you a question like, "Man, tell me about what you've been through." Tell me, and you be like, "Well, you know, I really just got picked up." That your story gotta be it gotta be the more than that. over. Yeah, it's like <laughs> your story gotta be more than that, man. Film everything you do, all your YouTube's. People want to see your journey and your growth. You know what I'm saying? Ride with the team and try to always incorporate the team you started with. Keep people around you that know you for you because it's very important. You don't want to get caught up in the image, in the branding of yourself if it's not completely you. You very easily lose yourself, lose everybody around you that really loves you, and then you're put in a space where you're looking at everybody with paranoia on your mind. Like, do you really fuck with me? Do you really love me? Don't become a bitter rapper because it hasn't happened yet for you. 
A lot of people stop early because they're bitter. And that that literally can destroy your creative mind and that can hinder you from being the artist that you're really supposed to be. There you have it. There you go. Knowledge and power by Crip. Blessing is always my brother. No doubt, brother. Want to shout out Wally Sparks. Wally Wally Sparks. That's the fam. Wally motherfucking Sparks. Yep, yep, yep. Internets, you know what this is, man. Thanks for riding with us, man. And thanks for another uh, great episode with with Big Crit and and Premium Pete. You know what it is, man. Dream those dreams and man up and live those dreams because a life without dreams is black and white. And the universe flows in technicolor and surrounds sound. Blah. Hell yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Numenati! This episode of the Combat Jack Show was produced by Jonathan Mena, executive produced by A. King and Chris Morrow, engineered by Samir Karan, and recorded in the Engine Room Audio Studio in downtown Manhattan. This is an official Loudspeakers Network's production.